Hey everyone, welcome to the next episode of the e-commerce insights podcast. I'm your host, Scott DeGrossier, founder and CEO of Wicked Reports. Today I have with me the husband and wife powerhouse behind the Lido agency, Michelle and Bill Pescosolito. Did I pronounce that right? Kind of. Pescosolito. Cosolito. Yeah. You know, my last name too. Everyone pronounces it wrong and I just kind of like deal with it. You know, so like, I know. I'd be miserable otherwise. <laughs> Happy to have you guys on the show. I know you guys got a lot of growth from what I've seen in your Wicker Reports accounts, and I know um, you have some cool strategies to talk about. What I'd like to always start with, what's interesting to me as a successful Facebook agency is how did you get into the game? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, thanks for having us. I really appreciate you having us to be a part of your, your podcast here. So we started, gosh, back in Facebook ads back in 2010, when I remember placing my very first Facebook ad. And back then we were in network marketing and we were always you know, taught old school, talk to your friends, talk to your family, talk to the, your teachers and you know, every bartenders. And so that just for me was icky, not to knock any network marketers that love it out there. But for me, I just did not enjoy doing that. So I started to jump online and just dabble in, you know, seeing how other people were marketing. And I ran across that Facebook was offering advertising. And at that time, I remember that Facebook only had one placement and it was on the right-hand side of the newsfeed. And that was it. And so it's crazy to see how much it's evolved and how much has opened up for advertisers. But back then, I mean, that's how I got started. It was just, you know, self-taught. Of course, I would pick up courses just to see what people were teaching. I would pick up a nugget here and there, but learned through just doing it ourselves in our own business. Again, you know, we grew our network marketing business online. We then shifted into affiliate marketing, realized really quickly that um, affiliate marketing was less work when it came to, you know, making money. And so we really enjoyed doing affiliate marketing for many, many years. You know, became one of the top earners in a couple of companies and moved on to doing coaching, speaking on stages, continuity programs, courses, and building brands. And all of that was done through Facebook advertising. And so I feel like I've been on this journey. We both have been on this journey as Facebook has evolved and just constantly staying on top of all of the new updates and everything that's changed. And it's, it's just basically just been something that I've been very passionate about. And, you know, we shifted into the agency model after we basically stopped building our own brand and was looking for something a little bit different. That that's interesting to hear. A couple other agency uh, folks on he, on past podcasts both got their start in affiliate. I think that's a good training ground because right, you're not going to get paid unless you're good enough to get the click that actually buys. Right. Realize, no, I can. It's the same concept for everyone. You can earn your chops in affiliate. You know, that's a that's a good uh, way to prove yourself. What um? So how do you guys as husband and wife team? How do you, for the agency? How do you divvy up? Who who does what or how does that work? I know we, we have that over here at Wicked HQ as well. <laughs> so, so it's interesting. We've, you know, Michelle and I realized very quickly our strengths and our limitations. And so when, you know, Michelle first really dove into Facebook ads, like way back when 2010, we're building our network marketing company. She would generate all the leads and I would call them. 
So I've always kind of been the sales guy, conversion guy, and she's always been more of the technical driving traffic and so forth. From an agency standpoint, so over the years, what then really just evolved was I really enjoyed writing. So when we were blogging a ton, I was blogging, I was emailing our list, Michelle all the while running the ads. And then now from a pure agency standpoint, I'm doing the copy. So you know, whenever we have a new client in or if an existing client has a new offer, I'll write the ad copy. And then Michelle will still do her magic on the back end as far as placing the ads, finding the audiences, scaling, optimizing, all that involves like within the ad manager that you could think. So it's been really seamless for us in the sense that the things that Michelle's really good at, I'm not good at at all. And the things that I really enjoy and very good at, Michelle, like just like, I, I, don't want to do I hate those things. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to write copy. So it was never a question about who's going to do what. It was just each of our strengths just pulled us in the direction that we've gone to. And I mean, thankfully, it was like a yin yang kind of a thing for us that her, I'm like the chocolate and she's the peanut butter. And, and you put us together and we're like the peanut butter cups. But <laughs> so I guess we're fortunate in that regard. But that's that's how it works for us. I love it. My uh, my wife never thought she, she'd be working with me, but as we grew, we needed a strong salesperson, and she always would make fun of me that I <laughs> like I'd send her a spreadsheet over. Here's how I think we should have the kids do their chores. <laughs> like <'cause we're> always <laughs> thinking grids and spreadsheets, and she yeah. always gets so annoyed. And now every day she's clicking through the wicked reports, <laughs> data, and training people on it. So I always get a kick out of that. That's cool. So talk to me about every brand isn't always the same, but which kind of your specialty brand or niche, if you have one, or maybe you have a couple, and then what's like the, the general approach you take with them? They sign up. What's like the strategies you want to, you find work best? So from a niche, because we were in network marketing for so many years in affiliate marketing, we just created a lot of relationships and friendships just within that industry. So when we first announced, which we really just kind of passively announced. We literally announced it on Facebook as a status update. Yeah, just like one. Yeah, <laughs> it was nothing major. But people just started reaching out and they were like, oh my gosh, like you guys are in an agency? Like, will you do my ads for me? And we're like, uh, yeah, of course. That's just how it, it started. And so that really became... Kind of the niche is that we have a lot of network marketing influencers, coaches, trainers, product creators, you know, course creators within the network marketing or affiliate marketing or, or home-based business space. And that sort of became a foundation of a lot of our clientele. But we've since over the last six months to a year, we've also got a lot of other people, you know, just either referrals or just people coming out of the woodwork that have nothing to do with that industry at all. We have uh, a client that has like a alcohol detox program. We have a client that sells uh, you know, cookie classes. Um, you know, we have clients that are in the real estate industry that have real estate seminars. So it really covers a huge a gamut as far as the, the kind of the swath of different clients that we bring on. But what we really like to do is have someone at least that has a proven offer. We're really not looking to consult and help them build out an offer from scratch. You know, we're really not looking to spend months helping them test this brand new idea they have to see if the market will like it or not. We really prefer to have someone that has an offer and they were either with another agency and it just didn't work out well with that agency for whatever reason. And so now they're coming to us. Or we have some clients who were like, hey, look at, 
I was doing my own ads and I was doing okay. But the more and more I, I realized I was doing my own ads, I realized that this is like a full-time job. I got to be in here every single day. And I know enough to know that I don't have a lot of time or the real expertise to take it to the next level. Scaling. Yeah. So that's... That a lot. Scaling. How mm-hmm. can I scale? That's yeah. a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so we could look at the alcohol detox pro, uh, client or w- w- the cooking class, either one or, or some other example. But when you go to put in your strategies, what's the main like guiding principles and of the, like the structure of the campaigns and then the like that, are you doing different offers or different messages based on where people are in the funnel or mm-hmm. walk me through some of that? Yeah. So we call it like the, the three-step process. You know, we really like to strategize with our clients and, and we, we, we always want them to be open to going through this process because we know that if they're willing to go through this three-step campaign process that I'll talk about in a second here, we know that they're going to set themselves up for success or the partnership here. What we really look for is when the client is open to doing content just on their business page. You know, they're out there, they're doing videos, they're doing lives, maybe they're posting, you know, images or just anything of value, blog posts, anything. They're showing up on their business page, doing what they do normally to create engagement. But as you know, I mean, Facebook organic reach has always been down, but for the past couple of years. So Behind the scenes, you know, one of the very first things we like to do is what we call the top of the funnel ads. So we create a campaign and if they put, they're doing lots of videos each week on their page, we're picking up their videos, we're putting it into a video campaign, the objective video views, and we're constantly, we're allocating, some people will do a hundred bucks a day, some might do more than that. But it's a consistent process and they don't, and the client doesn't have to worry about it. They just do their thing. They're out there posting, they're out there doing lives and we're picking up those videos and running those through that campaign, turning them off after, you know, they get a certain amount of views or engagement to give some of the other ones more love because the algorithm, Facebook, they're obviously going to push more of the budget to the better performing video. So we'll combine all of those into one ad set, cold market just to start bringing more new people into their ecosystem. And not only are we doing that, we're also building audiences based around people viewing those videos because we want to have ultimately a really nice, strong base of warm audiences. That be Facebook engagement, Instagram engagement, website views, video views. We want to have that. So when we launch that middle of the funnel campaign, which is their offer, we can target that low-hanging fruit is what we basically call it. I mean, it's your warm market. They've already gotten to know you. You've, you probably have already built that no-like trust factor with them. If you haven't, this is the opportunity through copy that Bill will use, um, the ad creatives we use. We'll test images. We'll test videos from the client. And we'll get them at a warm market in front of that offer. And then obviously, we'll expand into cold market too. So the structure would look like, here's the warm campaign. All the ad sets will be the different warm audiences. And then we'll have another campaign that's cold. And that's where we'll do lookalike audiences. That would be the next thing we like to go to. And then obviously into the straight up into space targeting. And then from there, we always, I feel like this is one of the things that when clients come to us, this is one of the things that probably 90% of them never had in place is the retargeting ads. And we call those the bottom of the funnel ads. 
That's really where that money is. And these people go through your funnel and they stop at the initiate or speaking pixel standard events. They stop at the um, the order form and they, for whatever reason, maybe they're in the grocery cart line, maybe they're on their phone and they just don't have the opportunity. They don't know where their credit card is. The kids start screaming in the background and they have to yeah. you know, off their laptop and deal with the kid who's still... They're stealing yeah. all the floor. They forget to buy for whatever reason. And so those retargeting campaigns, the bottom of the funnel campaigns are very laser targeted. And the messaging that Bill uses is very much, hey, couldn't help but notice. Probably know better what you say. Um, I just <laughs> yeah. grab, I just grab the copy and put it in. And so and, and we'll get the clients to use, we'll do, have them do videos also. Those work really well. And then we're sending the people, you know, wherever they left off, we're sending them right back to where they left off in the funnel to complete that purchase. And that's really, I for us, where we see a lot of that magic happen is, is at that bottom of the funnel. Yeah. The, um, so how that, I like that strategy a lot when the, so I guess if Bill's the copywriter, so let me ask you, so at top of the funnel, I mean, that's usually what I found is the hardest, you know, the hardest thing is to find great cold traffic sources that become leads that lead to high value customers. What's the, what's the hook process there? What do you, how do you break down someone you get their website and maybe you talk to them and then how do you turn that into hooks that you're going to run? So I have a process that I go through with each client when they have a new offer and you know, we hop on call, we do a copy call. And I have a very specific process, a series of questions that I ask them because what I really want to know is the customer avatar, right? So the, the client hopefully has a very well-defined customer avatar already. If not, we I'll help them with that and help them to define that avatar. But what's really important there is knowing sort of like the pains and struggles and challenges that their avatar is going through. And really helping to for me to understand sort of the before state and the after state. So what are they dealing with right now? What kinds of things are keeping them up at night? What, what are they struggling with pertaining to their offer? And then what does the after state look like? So if they were to get their product, if they bought their widget or whatever, what is then like, what is life then like afterwards? And so through this, this process and this series of questions, I'm able to really start peeling away layers of the onion and get to know that avatar really, really, really well. And so the, the hooks then really come from me just doing my best to put myself in that avatar and think the way that they're thinking and talk to them the way that they talk, you know, not, not using jargon, not using industry language that they might not understand, but really diving in and then also understanding where they are as far as a stage of awareness. Are they even pain aware? Are they unaware? Are they product aware? Have they even ever heard of this product yet before? Have they even started looking for solutions, right? So the, the stages of awareness and knowing where the, the avatar, the person is going to see this ad, where are they in this, this stage of awareness? And then speaking to them where they are in, in those stages and trying to understand their intent and speaking to them to what their that next logical step would be for them. So what I would call you know, main copy, it's sort of like that middle of funnel copy that Michelle just talked about. That's just a very different angle than the bottom of funnel retargeting copy because the intent is different. They're a much further, further stage in the process. And so I've got to speak to them differently 
because they're at a different place than the person who's never even seen the first ad or someone who's never even started shopping for solutions yet to the problem they have. So it really is that sort of collaboration working with the client, getting to know their customer avatar, and then me just diving in and honestly becoming that person for a moment and writing to them as if I'm talking to them in conversation. So then for the ad sets, you have, uh, is it like three, is it AIDA, aware, interest, desire, and then what's the last one? Action, I guess. <laughs> I yep. Know. There's is that how you kind of flow them through? And then do the ad sets, do you figure out criteria that's going to move them into the targeting that matches that, how you're speaking to them at that moment? Do you guys like brainstorm or is it different? Yeah. I'm mean, with the client. We definitely, I think I know what you're, you're saying here, like we're with the client, we're brainstorming, obviously what their avatars interests are and speaking to them. I mean, obviously we're lucky to have a lot of clients that you can just target an interest and it pretty much covers the, the copy could cover all of that. But then we have a couple of clients where you're going to speak to a mom. Because we've chosen moms only or women only, you're going to talk to them a little bit different. So absolutely. I mean, with the ad sets, if we're targeting more specifics, then, you know, the copy definitely, we speak to them differently. Is that what we're going at there? Yeah, well, I, I was also wondering, so you, you target someone cold and you have a certain message to the cold traffic and then they click through or do some other activities on the website that warm them up. And then does the copy shift as they... Huh progress down the funnel mm -hmm. is that kind of how you and then you just kind of keep that in sync or is it am i making it more complicated than it is that's i do that a lot so, <laughs> so let me answer part of that yes depending upon where they are in the process the copy will be different if so for example if if we're talking about a weight loss product and let's just say you were a really heavy overweight guy which you're not but let's say you were well if you were to look in the mirror every single day, even though you were like 80 pounds overweight, but let's just say you looked in the mirror and said, I look great. I got no problems. Well, you're probably not looking for weight loss solutions, right? So this probably isn't the target market. Now, let's say that you were, you were that same guy and you look in the mirror and you're like, oh man, I'm really overweight. I got to do something about this. Well, you're pain aware, right? You, so you're aware of the fact that you, you're overweight, but you're not sure what to do about it. Well, someone else might be that same person, but they're like, okay, um, I look in the mirror, I'm overweight, and I'm proactively online looking for solutions of how to, to lose weight. So that's a different stage, right? And then someone now, they're, they're solution aware. So maybe they actually saw your solution. So they're, they're, they're overweight, they look in the mirror, I got to do something about this, I'm online looking at stuff. And they found Scott DeGrossier's magic elixir to you rub it on your body and all your weight loss goes away. So like, I'm aware of his product, but I'm also looking at some other products out there too, because you're clearly not the only product for weight loss. So they're, they're solution aware uh, or they're product aware, but they're almost maybe on the verge of choosing you, but they still might choose someone else. And then, but let's say if they clicked on your page, right? We can see, we'll know that maybe they landed on your website. They checked out your magic elixir so that you rub all of your body that shed the weight, but for whatever reason, they didn't buy. They're, they're looking at other products as well, or the kids were screaming in the background and they had to bail, or favorite TV show came on and they decided to do this later. So we know that they're interested. They know that their intent is there because they've gone so far as to actually land on your website and look at your product. So that's when that next ad would be that retargeting 
basically saying, look, I know you saw this thing. Obviously, it sounds like you're looking to do something about it. Here's a few reasons why you should take advantage of this right now. And then you might ask the scarcity or time sensitivity or something along those lines to really push them over the hump to get them to convert. Does that kind of help answer your question? That does. And it it goes with like webinar funnels too. You know, you can get really granular with that and we can retarget people who hit the page, didn't register. Your your message is different. Mm -hmm. Maybe they registered, didn't watch the webinar. You got a different message in that. You know, maybe they watch the webinar, but then didn't buy. So you have another ad that's a different message. Mm-hmm. So, or, and then maybe they bought, didn't buy the upsell. I mean, you, you can get really granular with it. And we have some clients that will do that. Oh, you didn't buy the upsell. Here it is. Mm-hmm. You had some scarcity to it. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's really to get, to be super successful in my opinion with Facebook ads. And from what we've seen in our, with our own data, it's, it's really customizing those messages and following that customer through the funnel. And I just don't think a lot of people do that enough because it is time consuming and it is, does take a lot of work, but that's why people hire agencies. <laughs> no, that helps. That was very uh, clear. So thanks. Cool. So you mentioned data. So how do you guys use the data? I know we've got a pretty, you get a pretty awesome case study with us. So how did that client tell us about, walk us through that case study that you had because I know it was pretty impressive results. So yeah, we have another one coming. So mm-hmm. they just signed up with you guys. And I mean, they literally went from what was it like 50, 40 to 50,000 a month to over a hundred thousand within literally 30, 45 days yeah. because we were turning off ads based off of Facebook's data that should not have been turned off. And I kept saying, you guys have got to get wicked reports. We pretty much required, not required that, but highly suggested because it makes our jobs a lot easier. So the way that... that well, and it makes them a lot more Yeah, that's true. Another, the case study that you're referring to, she um, does a challenge every single month and it's a 21-day detox challenge. So she we focus on targeting women that want to give up the wine o'clock habit and looking for these women that are just just tired of how they feel, waking up foggy, you know, they have a great day, they have great intentions in their day, but then they drink their green juice, they do yoga, but then by five o'clock, they've opened their bottle of wine and they've ruined everything, you know, throughout the day that they work so hard for. So I've had a few days like that in COVID. I'm not yes, sure. me too. <laughs> green juice and yoga. <laughs> I do yes. green juice from Organifi and then I did the wine at night. I did that. There you go. It's a good balance. Still having a good day, fortunately. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you though. No, that's a uh, you mean. It's probably big business in COVID, I imagine. Yeah. So she, yeah. So she, so I was working with them. They were in a coaching program, like an inner circle program. And I would, I was brought on as a contractor to review their, not just their ads, but all the coaching clients' ads. And uh, they would book a like 30 minute call with me. I did that for about a year. And they came from that inner circle. I couldn't work with them when I was part of that program with them. But once we left and we ended up not, focusing 100% on the agency, they called and they said, we just cannot scale our app because they haven't, they have a very long customer journey because they could have somebody opt in today and a person may not buy for 60 days. And it was driving them crazy trying to figure out how to track that. And when are these people buying? And they're looking at the Facebook data and they're just, they're, they're so confused. They're like, how do we know like when this person bought and how do we know it's really coming from there? And are we missing people that are buying, you know, because it's outside of the attribution window that Facebook provides. And, and so they had a lot of concerns and they actually ended up going with, you know, against my recommendation at first to go with like a Google dashboard or something. And they, 
got me involved in it. They spent the money on it. And I got in there and I was like, you're pulling data right from Facebook. This, this isn't, this isn't showing me what I need to see. And he's like, oh, so he, he felt awful. He felt like he wasted all this money and he invested in wicked reports and got in there. And once I started showing them the kinds of data that they can receive, like they lead with a lead magnet. So we can look at first click. If we do retargeting ads, how well are these retargeting ads performing? We can look at that last click. We can look at full impact of the ads. We got linear attribution too. And we can look at that customer journey and that's what they wanted to see. So it satisfied them because they got to really see the data and see how much organic traffic they were getting, how much was coming from Google. We also do Google ads for them. How much is coming from their emails? Which emails? Like they wanted to know this stuff because they were basically marketing blind and just taking get, taking guesses and, and what's working and what's not. And I can't remember exactly the numbers, but I do remember they had their biggest month ever when I submitted that case study. And I think they had been marketing this product for about a year. Do you remember? I think it was like over a hundred and something thousand, I think. Is, yeah, is they went from, I think, 40 to over a hundred. Yeah. And we brought their cost for acquisition. Oh, profit went from 54 to 90K. Yeah. And now they're, now they're over a hundred K. It's still growing. It hasn't stopped. And, and so it's, I don't scale using the Facebook, you know, no, I don't look at their, I'll look at it just to compare, but it doesn't compare very well. So it, it was just a matter of, hey, I'm going to put my trust and not you know, scale based on Facebook's data or scale a little bit based on Wicked Reports data. I'm going to go completely off of Wicked Reports. And that's when that shift happened. And even with this new case study, we're going to be sending in the same thing. That's why I, we're, we were able to scale them to that point where they're at if we're still scaling from there. Well, that that's awesome because you... I love when people use the tool as I hope they did. <laughs> Train them because you've got to use the models with intention. An attribution model is only good if you're looking at a campaign and saying, what the hell was I trying to do here? And then measure right. it based on the goal. And that's, right. you, uh, you articulated it better than I could have, but that's exactly how you need to use it. And that was right. how when we first grew, you know, people would use it correctly. And then when they do, those results... Uh, occur. So that's, I love hearing that. Thank you. Yeah. And it was pretty cool that it was pretty cool to tell the client that, Hey, after two months of using Wicked Reports, your CPA went from $90 down to like $35. Yeah. I mean, that's. We yeah. have another client too. Uh, we should probably submit that one as a case study too. Yeah. We have another one and the guy's like, my, my, my bill went up and I'm like, Oh my God, that's because you hit another income level. And he was like, what? And I was like, really? You're going to grind with the money you're making now? Because <laughs> he, he went from like a million in revenue to two million in revenue. No, it was like three something. million. He's like almost doing a million a month or something. Yeah. And he's complaining. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, hey, you need that extra million this month because of this. <laughs> it's fun. It was all fun and just joking. But yeah, it's fun. I don't know. I just love being able to show them what we can do. Yeah, that that's killer. So then the Facebook, with these new Apple changes... How's the seven day window? I mean, that it's going to be much more extreme now as it's, it's only been a couple of weeks, but how's that affecting you and how are you adjusting to good old iOS 14 or has it impacted you yet? Maybe it hasn't. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it really, it, it really, I mean, I can let you, you finish elaborating on it, but I will say a lot of the clients were very, very concerned in the beginning. And it was one of those things that, they don't make it real clear. Like you got to really do your research to understand it. And from what I finally got from it, it was like, 
okay, you're going to be missing a lot of data inside of what Facebook is showing you. And we're not going to be able to scale effectively. We're going to not, you know, there could be purchases there that we're not seeing because, you know, those events aren't being pushed over. You got to go get a something, wicked reports, aka, so we can be able to see truly what is going on there. And Yeah. And it's, you know, yeah, it was really two things. It was like, hey, we need to use a third party tracking system, wicked reports that we recommend. And the other thing is that what we, we were coming to this conclusion ourselves internally within our agency, but the push really came from clients asking about it. And it was sort of this almost overwhelming sense of let's not keep all of our, our advertising eggs in just the Facebook basket. Right. And so at, you know, layering things like Google ads, layering in YouTube ads, that's become a bigger part now. And, you know, clients are actually reaching out saying, can you do this too? And it's not like Facebook is going anywhere. It's not like all of a sudden, oh my God, the sky is falling. Facebook's dead. It's nothing like that. But it was just a little bit of an awakening for people, both clients and us internally. Like, let's just maybe hedge our bets a bit and just on the safe side, be, be a little bit more diversified with the way we're using your ad spend and the platforms that we're, we're using it on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's more just that Facebook's measure. Facebook is still going to be a great source for traffic. Yeah. Just not a great source for reporting, which makes mm-hmm. me smile. <laughs> yeah, it should. It makes me but smile. But it is. It's still going to be great. It's still going to be great for all those same clicks are still for the taking. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think a lot of clients, yeah, they do feel like face. Some of them are feeling like, oh, Facebook, it's going to end, and all this. Thing. I mean, we don't feel that way either. It's still a great source of traffic, like you said, and. Yeah, I, this, I feel like I'm driving blind when I'm inside of you know, Facebook <laughs> and reading the data. What? No, what? You know, what's going on here? And then going to Wicked Reports. I'm just thankful there is an alternative. And like you said, you're, you're happy. Because seriously, like it, it would be, what would we do if we didn't have some way to track? What, um, so talk to me about Google, because we have, we have some new Google features, but I've been thinking that. Because Google tends to, in, in our experiences of looking at the trends, which may not always be the same for what you've done, you know, this is more looking over 500 advertisers, is that um, the LTV really grows over time. Google's algorithm works in the long run. In the short run, it's not as immediately gratifying as Facebook might be, but in the longer run, it is. But now they have audience targeting, so you can actually target people a lot better than you used to. Whereas just like, I got to figure out all these weird search parameters and pay $3 a click. And now it's more people-based targeting, which I think think it's going to do pretty well for people. I don't know how far you've got down the rabbit hole yet with that, but I've been... Um, Yeah, um, definitely send me down the rabbit hole where you have something. (laughs) I'm doing a Google training on... We're a Google partner, so we've done a whole training on here's how to target people and here's how to, you know... Use and we can push the data into Google, and their algorithm allows you to update lifetime value for 90 days. I've, I've seen that. Yeah. So if you have a lead that you get, and let's just take the the, the alcohol recovery there or whatever, you know, less so wine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you get a lead in there, and they don't buy, and then they buy in like three weeks or I don't know a month, and then they do a recur another month later. We can keep updating Google with the not. We can report that, but we can update Google with the. 90 days worth of value from the lead click. Right. So then their algorithms will use that. You can say, include this in conversions 
And then that means the smart bidding will use that to figure out who to target. So once it has a couple months of data and it says, oh, okay, these people are converting the delay of the conversions just like three weeks or whatever, but now we know they're worth you know, 200 bucks for these type of clicks, that algorithm really can dial in. Take, it might take a month or two, but it's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I saw that. I love that. Um, so that's definitely telling me I need to use on the conversion. I need to be using yours, right? Yeah. So you use the pixel conversion for the for the immediate leads and the immediate sales. Then you use our lead attributed sale and re-engage lead attributed sale because then when the CR, the delayed CRM conversions that lead to money, those are the you know those are the ones that Google's going to have the hardest time to differentiate. Yeah. And those are the ones we have the easiest time, so we can push it up and. Any kind of mutually beneficial conversions there. Yeah, I love it. I, I think Google is definitely, I was amazed when I got into, I mean, like I said, we've always been Facebook advertisers and then we just had a client who was like, what about Google ads? You know, and again, very much jump in, do it, learn it, get courses here and there, see what people are doing, try to pick up nuggets. And I was really amazed by the platform and, and just how, even the, I mean, I've done some smart campaigns. I, I think it just works better for some clients over others, but it's a machine. I mean, mm-hmm. I was pretty impressed by even the recommendations they give and it, it gives you ideas on what you should do further. And it's just, I feel like those recommendations was kind of how I learned a lot. Even though there's a lot more in there, it's just impressed by it and, and how it, it the, the different audiences that you can leverage and, you know, the audiences that they will create for you yeah. also. And they work. Most uh, importantly. Yeah. Like that's, that was surprising. <laughs> it's like when Facebook gives you something, you're like, are you sure that's going to work? Like the rep calls you, not the like the agency rep, but the random yeah. rep, and they give you advice. You're like, I don't know yeah, about that. Those those guys. But Google actually gives some good advice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I like the one you can do competitor search keywords and then say, Hey, just show this video to anyone that searched or visited my competitors. Yes. I love that. That's just like a no brainer. I know. Works. I was like, really? That's an option here. Or even I can target the person's YouTube videos and like their URLs and things like that. I was like, Yeah, we've been we've been loving those. Okay, well, this was an awesome convo. I appreciate you coming on. And uh, where can people find you and learn more about what you do? They can go to our website if they would like to, which is theleadoagency.com. And Lido is L-I-D-O. So theleadoagency.com. Great. Okay. Yeah, we appreciate you having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. This Thanks. It was great. Time flew by here. I'm like, I have to be on another podcast in uh, 15 minutes. I'm like, okay. Oh. Yeah, told you. <laughs> Long-winded over here. <laughs> oh, it's great. Yeah. Thanks again. Yeah.